Welcome to the This One Time When podcast. Come listen to two almost middle-aged besties share the crazy stories from motherhood, womanhood, deployments, solo parenting, life lessons, and mistakes. If you find that you enjoy listening to our crazy, please leave us a review on iTunes or wherever podcasts are reviewed. Welcome to episode 11, where we revisit this one time when Laura sold everything they owned to move across the world for 18 months. Sit back, relax, and grab a drink and listen to what it is like to sell everything you own. Hey, Laura, how's it going? Good. How are you? I'm doing good. I've been doing a lot of school prep uh, for work today. I um, have done like three different trainings for different platforms to teach virtually. And um, I was able to dig into like how to use Lexia for my students. So that was really cool. Hopefully you can use some of that in the fall when like everything is back to normal. Like it's good for now, but holy cow, it's like everybody's getting adjusted to virtual and then it'll be like back in person. Yeah, it's going to be so crazy. So we're all going to be used to it after a year and a half of virtual remote learning and then, you know, go back to in-person and we won't know how to do that anymore. Yeah. Yeah. Especially because you got hired in like during COVID, right? So you've never really been in person with them? No. So it's completely different. The most in-person I've done has been um, substitute teaching, which is completely different than actual teaching, right? You're just oh, there yeah. for like a day or, you know, a couple of days and, and then you move on. So you, you're not like lesson planning. You're not like getting into the thick of it. But with running interventions, it's um, a lot of planning and figuring out what each student needs and how to give it to them. And, and a lot of things come down to like, students showing up right now (laughs) like that's the first step is getting them to show up I don't understand how that happens I mean kids are either in like those daycares where you can attend school or they're at home right yeah yeah I mean I guess it doesn't seem like third graders would be on their own but maybe right so third grade is about nine eight and nine and that's when you can you know be left home alone um and so if you know you have the parents that are you know, dual income, dual, dual parents that are working and, um, there's nobody really home or they're left with like older siblings who aren't really oh, like yes. older siblings. Know, Think about that. Yeah. Making them <laughs> do their work on or help them. Like things aren't happening. I mean, kids forget, they lose track of time. They're like, Oh, I'm going to watch a little TV before I have to log in a class. And then 47 hours later, they're like, Oh yeah, I had class today. No, it's true. Literally this morning, my son's first class at seven was canceled. And then it was like eight o'clock. And I was like, dude, where are you? Like, you know, like I have to make sure that, and he's like 13 and he was just in his room reading. So, I mean, it's not like doing something else, but it's like, dude, 
you have class. Oh, oh yeah, I do. <laughs> it's funny how they have this like level of being able to forget things. And I, I question like my own kids, like, <laughs> did you really forget? Like, is that a real thing? Because I feel the I forgot comes out of their mouth so often that I just can't fathom that it's like real forgetfulness or like maybe it's just not that important to them. So they forget because I know if like, I made a promise to take them somewhere on a Saturday. They will not let me forget. Oh, yes. So <laughs> what is this level of forgetfulness? <laughs> yes. So, but yeah, school, I don't know. everything is forgettable. I just forgot. Yeah, I, I forgot. just forgot. I didn't know. I didn't see that assignment. Um, yeah. Right. <laughs> right. First step is to show up. Second step is to turn your camera on. And third step is to like engage with the teacher, right? So we're still working on first step. Show up. My husband says that work meetings, they have like work meetings virtually in their offices. Yes. <laughs> and he's like, yeah, they're making people turn their camera on now because they think they're not paying attention. <laughs> Oh, I agree with that. Like you can tell, you can tell, you can tell when people's eyes are down, which means they're probably looking at their phone, right? Yeah. Or, you know, I have dual computers. And so I have to like caveat, I'm listening and I'm looking at you, but you're on a screen over here. So it's not matching up with my camera. So I am right. involved, I am engaged, but <laughs> my, my eyes are not saying that. Oh, that is so funny. Well, and like... This is odd because during um, COVID, my husband is his job has like switched. I guess he's got kind of a new position because previously, for the last ten years, he has done a lot of travel, like international travel, international business. The first like five years was primarily done in Asia and then these last five have been primarily done in Europe and mm -hmm. now he's like in the office and so it's like <laughs> totally weird <laughs> he's not traveling so much he's 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 home, home. like a <laughs> normal person <laughs> is kind of weird but it was like so much that they sent us to Europe um, in 2019 they sent us to Europe and because all his business was over there. And so the time change between Europe and Pacific Coast time is nine hours. That literally when we're waking up and getting to work, they're ending their work day and it's Europe. So mm -hmm. they probably end earlier than, than we do. But <laughs> yes. um, it was really difficult for him to have meetings or, and whatnot. And uh, he needs to do a lot of in-person visits. And he ended up going back and forth so many times that they thought, oh, we'll just move you over there. Like, how yeah. about you and your family go there? And then we can have like a European office versus, uh, you know, him trying to manage things from here. And we're in a small town, so we're not by an international airport. It is always, it's a two hour drive to a smaller international airport and then a flight an hour to Seattle. And then his trip would start from there. So, I mean, it, it was a lot to get over there. So that is a lot of to get somewhere, like I mean, the drive there is always a lot. And I know like you have 
what I would call bad winters, a lot of snow and icy roads and not fun driving conditions. So when it's like that and he has to get there, then, you know, that, that adds a level of like, I don't know, scariness to it for him. And especially because they're like not double lane highways. They're just the single lane each way. Mm -hmm. Um, There's no There's like miles and miles of stretches of nothing but wheat fields and mm-hmm. whatever else and it's really hard on the way back um the jet lag on top of all of that driving after yeah. the fact on the way home mm-hmm. yep. and you would get have flights that come in like late right or you'd be getting home at like one two in the morning yep sometimes uh those particularly the not as much in europe it seemed um because out of Amsterdam there's a regular flight that leaves at like 8 in the morning from Amsterdam to the United States so you get to Seattle right around 1.30 and then you get to our other airport you know within the next two hours and then you can drive home it was those Asia flights that were like all over the place but mm. the regular trip home from Europe it, it wasn't as bad you start learning like flight schedules <laughs> and whatnot <laughs> I bet yeah, and you hadn't done much traveling before this, right? I know that you had gone to like Montreal and Brazil, and Brazil was like one of your favorite trips ever. Yeah, and we went to Italy once, but oh, that, yes. that, I mean, that was like it for me. Um, for him, I mean, he's just, I mean, it's like 55 countries or something like that. But, That's um, insane. It is insane. Oh, That's it's more than my military spouse. Like, <laughs> and he's been all over too, but like, that's a lot. <laughs> it is a lot. And I will say that this is like something that we wanted to do as far as like travel together. And so this is a whole different like tangent. <laughs> so when he first started traveling and my youngest was just born um so we had like three kids in three years it was really hard to watch him go because i'm like oh you are doing what we were supposed to be doing together and so you have this passport i mean he had to get like extensions in his passport and while i'm at home watching him go and so yeah it was really hard for um the longest time but i think it was after i went to italy that I was like, okay, I'm good. I, I, I can, like, uh, the jealousy went away. I don't know what it was, but I think it was like, oh, I feel like I had been to Brazil. I had been to Montreal, but there was just something about Italy that I was like, okay. Maybe it's because we, w- we went really hard for a week and saw Rome and Venice, and we went to Sorrento and the Amalfi Coast. But in, in like five days, we did a lot. But um, after that, I was like, oh, okay. But um, his employer here was like, they kind of weighed things, you know, it might be cost efficient to send you to Europe. It might, it will definitely be more productive because his visits over there will then be quote unquote domestic. So instead of him being gone for two and a half weeks at a time, he could be gone for three days. He can take a train and do his work. He can, you know, there's no jet lag. Um, So it was totally easier for him to go there. And because he's part of a small company, um, like we met some expats over there. An expat is, so we thought at the beginning there people were calling us expats and we're like, well, we're not expatriates. 
we're still like Americans, you know, but (laughs) people who have moved overseas for work. So other expats there are, there's a huge uh, Netflix community. Um, And we, we were sent to the Netherlands. So there's a huge Netflix community there and um, they have large moving stipends. They'll pay for your international schooling and everything like that. And uh, Brady's company is smaller and just couldn't, couldn't do that. And so we had to make sure we had to look at the shipping costs. We had to figure out how to school our kids. There was a lot on our plate as far as mm-hmm. getting over there. So um, that was kind of stressful in the beginning. The shipping costs, I don't, oh my gosh. So you've moved internationally, right? But that's like with yeah. the military. And so they'll they'll give you a certain amount of poundage, right? Of, yeah. So it's usually like, I don't know, Okinawa was like 10,000 pounds, but it also varies on like, with or without dependents. So if it was him on his own, then he'd get way less. But uh, so when he went to Okinawa the first time alone, before I met him, he only got a couple thousand pounds to go, right? Because he's gonna, they're gonna send him over there in a f- fully furnished barracks room. You know, he doesn't need anything. But when you're sending families, yeah. then, you know, you need more. So it's, it's probably around 10 to 12,000 pounds. Um, and at one point they would restrict on how much you could send over there, but didn't restrict on how much you could bring back. So people would buy all of this <laughs> beautiful furniture and all of the things to bring home, right? To have all the unique furniture from Okinawa. Um, and it and it varies on, on where you're going. So like when we were getting ready to move to Germany, um, our weight allowance was like 12,500. Um, but then they provide, um, a storage option, right? So whatever you don't want to take or can't take, we'll store it for you for three years, which oh, nice. I tend to not put a lot into storage. It's usually like our book collection. Cause we tend to have a lot of books. Yeah. So we'll store that kind of stuff, but I've stored a piano before on one of our Oki trips. I've stored, you know, just random odds and ends and through the years, through the moves and, you know, cross country, cross the world moves, I should say. Um, I've learned that it's sometimes like you did, just easier to just get rid of stuff and start over because it's not worth putting certain things into storage. Yeah. See, that was the thing is like uh, a small pallet. I don't even know how wide it was. Maybe four feet wide and three feet tall was like 1200 bucks. nothing to take yeah. to, to ship over and we were like we would take nothing like that that's just insane and we had been married at that point for almost 15 years and we had started off with a lot of hand-me-downs and whatever else and we were like everything basically is breaking let's just get rid of everything because the thought was or you can have um a permit a work permit over there where you get a tax break so you pay 30% less in taxes than a normal normal Dutch citizen so mm-hmm. um, which is huge considering that they take 51% of your paycheck so we're only taxed so we're taxed money. on 30% less of what we make so um, but you get that tax exemption for five years up to five years three to five years and we were like okay 
the original idea is we're going to go for three to five years. Let's just sell everything. By the time we're coming back, my son will be a senior in high school. We don't need as big of a place to live. We will have to start over. He'll be heading off to college. You know, they're going to spend their high school years there. So we just started selling everything, like everything. And what I mean everything, I mean cars, house, furniture, kitchen utensils, everything. And uh, we went... I mean, you sold the kids as toys and bikes and skates and... Toys, yep. Bikes, skates. I mean... Kitchen table. Yep. Literally everything that you had. Except for my KitchenAids. I kept my two KitchenAids <laughs> at my in-laws because I was like... Um, oh, and the other thing is, is uh, if, if you are ever headed overseas, there are great expat groups on Facebook. And I, this move took a while to get going. So I really studied this group for like a year before we moved. And um, it really was like a year. Really? I remember yeah, we went started to Disney. Mm-hmm. Yeah. In November. And you had, we were kind of talking about it before then. Yep. And then you came back from Disney and like, pretty much got on a flight the next day to go look for to go yeah was it housing it was or? the next day yeah. um cities yeah. to live in but cities to live in that's what it was but in these groups that people say hey can i bring this electronic can i bring this um device can i bring this appliance and it's like no 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 like no because the voltage is different a lot of things were fried so i fried my straightener over there i thought i had gotten a good converter and i didn't it was just literally just the plug converter it wasn't a voltage converter those are a lot more expensive so we were like we're not bringing our appliances i did buy different plugins for like the computers and whatnot for um for the kids and our computer. So that was uh, certain things like that saved me out of that Facebook group because it was like, okay, I'll buy the European cords. I'll buy, I'll just buy a straightener. Well, this was after I had fried mine. Then I was like, oh, I should bought a straightener. <laughs> like, oh, I cut the boys' hair. I was like, get rid of the clippers, get rid. It was literally just everything house, cars. We had nothing left basically in the United States. You used to have like, what, just a couple of boxes? Maybe yeah, we let each kid pack a box. They could store more if they wanted to um, of things that they thought that they would want. My son did leave both of his Xboxes, which he's still mad about today, but because um, they're <laughs> kind of out of date. So, but I was like, I, I one one the couple the boxes that we did take, they were suitcase size boxes, and they were carried on with us on the flight because my husband has a lot of miles and so he has a high status so we could all take two boxes and we found these suitcase size boxes that fit and we just packed 10 boxes and that's basically what we took man that's crazy so what was in your boxes like mainly clothes and your computers and stuff like that yeah clothes we did ship okay besides the 10 boxes we did ship two larger boxes just two that carried um that had our two computers in it and um because my kids were doing online school previously my oldest he was doing online school here in the united states and we just continued it there so we needed a computer for him and then we needed a family computer and um 
we were able to ship those clothes. I did take like some mixing bowls, um, but it was basically just clothes. So clothes and electronics yeah yeah like their tablets and uh we did take some books for homeschooling because i I homeschooled i finished homeschooling my second child till middle school age and then my youngest she was still homeschooled so yeah um yep that's a lot (laughs) yeah the one thing once again facebook groups check them out we found a bank that allowed you to sign up for it while you were still overseas you just had to show proof of residency so you know like in the united states you have a social security card um in the netherlands you have a bsn card so as soon as you got that you just verified it to this bank that is basically all online virtual through your phone and you were good to go so we actually set up ikea deliveries for the day that we arrived so the day we arrived in the afternoon um our mattresses showed up and we had internet like next day and these things were really helpful so um another thing that was really helpful is that we lived in a town that uh my family lives in so i am quarter dutch my grandfather came to the united states after world war ii and uh his family are still over there and i have a cousin that had visited a couple times growing up and she lived in coincidentally actually lived in the town that we wanted to live in and so the day of arrival she came and she took me shopping she helped me with getting things like garbage cans pans you know basic food items and whatnot and that was really really helpful I bet it was helpful to have her for the language barrier as well right because I know a lot of adults do speak English but it's kind of like a choppy English, right? Yeah. In, uh, so we lived 20 minutes west of Amsterdam um, in a town called Harlem. Mm-hmm. So if you ever go to the Netherlands, it is a must see because it's like more quaint than Amsterdam and uh, you just have to see it. But because it's close to Amsterdam and has the international school, most people in that area, uh, they speak, they do speak pretty good English. Um, all their media is English and then it's like dubbed in Dutch or uh, subtitled in Dutch. So um, it was weird to go to the store because like here we have like long conveyor belts and someone will bag it for you or like we have Winco, like you do bag your own. But there, there is like this tiny little like one square foot maybe two square foot area where you have to bag your groceries and it's really quickly your groceries will be done down the aisle you'll be paying for it and they'll start sending the other persons and i'm like oh my gosh i can't i can't pack this fast enough like here it's kind of do do like i'm just gonna fill it slowly and so my cousin she was like a machine it was like boom 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 in the bag in the bag in the bag and i was like oh my gosh i don't know that i ever figure this out so that's crazy i'm imagining like the winco ones where they have the divider and it's like sends it from one side to the other so like if somebody's still bagging they can like ring it up the next person and it doesn't mix right like but that's but that's not how it's like the conveyor belt like you know how you were saying that there's a divider in winco there is but it's like it's like your conveyor belt is just one side 
and it's not even as long. And then they have this stick thing where they will divide it off, but it doesn't work very well. And a lot of times the cashier doesn't use it. And so it's like mm. the most stressful thing going through the <laughs> checkout line. Brady's like, it's okay, it's okay. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I gotta hurry, I gotta hurry. <laughs> you know? So, <laughs> I don't know. Hurry up. Yeah. I, it took a, it's not good. It, it, it gets flustering. Yeah. It really it really is, especially when if someone's talking to you, you don't know what they're saying. I mean, you can say, oh, I speak mm-hmm. English. And then most of the time, because you're close to the city, uh, they can speak to you. But at first it was really overwhelming. And I mean, it took a while to get things. I, we had bikes were the first things to get. My cousin helped me get a couch or a table. Um, we found a couch on like their their equivalent to our Facebook marketplace. They have an actual app called Market Plots, and that's just for selling um, used things. They have a really good used um, furniture, used good community. They're really cheap. I don't know if it's because the Dutch are cheap, but it's you can find some really good things. Like my table was really long. I was like six feet long, solid wood with chairs. I got it for like 150 euros. There is no way that would sell in the United States for 150 euros. Someone would be asking like $500 for it or something, let alone chairs. I mean, it was so to replenish there wasn't necessarily as bad as coming back and having to (laughs) replenish because you can't buy anything secondhand here. So... Mm-mm. And secondhand here is usually like mangy or gross or, yeah. you know, falling apart. Like, and people still want the $500 yeah. for it. Like, it, it's a yeah, art. yeah. And it's sad because it's so much more wasteful here because it's like, why would I buy something used when I can go buy it brand new for a close to the same price? And we had no problem selling our stuff when we were leaving because we were like, oh, it's used we'll price it cheap and then later we were thinking oh maybe we priced it too cheap so yeah definitely. so what was the hardest part of all of that of like figuring out you're leaving selling everything getting there what was like the part that was the hardest for you was it adjusting when you got there was it the actual like move like on the airplane across but what was the hardest part for you um i'm a bit of a planner so i think it was just the unknown you are in a new place Mm -hmm. you don't know okay so you don't know how they do things and you know how americans Mm -hmm. do things and you know there's a language barrier all the documents you get are in dutch and you literally have to try type them out google translate everything we had to make sure we were at immigration at certain times um i think it was just figuring out how they do life and just all the setting up i think that was the hardest part and the anticipation of knowing that was coming um was difficult Mm -hmm. there definitely was like a period of like when the honeymoon fades they say um there is an actual known thing among amongst expats where three months 
after three months, like, it's like, oh, this is real life. This isn't a vacation. This isn't like, oh, look, I can see this. Oh, look, this is different. Oh, look, everybody's on their bikes. Oh, look at all the canals. Oh, look, you know, at all the brick houses. And it really sets in that you are somewhere else. And like, I just felt like a foreigner. I think it was like four or five months into it. I was like, oh my gosh, this is not easy. Yeah. Because America is on convenience. Yep. That is not what it, that's not what Europe is. Europe is not built on convenience. And America, there's a lot more um, customer service and a little more understanding. They're very bold and blunt and it comes across a little cold. So, um, you know, that's just how it is. That, that's just how it is. That's just how we do things. That's just what it is. And whether it's a rental car that is not where it should be when it is, when it needs to be, they, you know, you call them and you're like, hey, you know, yeah. this is a screw up. And they're like, well, nah, that's what it is. That's what figure, yep, figure it out. Oh, oh, well. And so it's like, oh, well, okay. So I don't know. Um, I think that's probably the same though with everywhere. With someone coming here, they're probably like, oh my gosh, what am I doing here? You know, everything's so big, everything's so, you know, whatever. And we made it a little harder on ourselves because we knew it would be temporary, not as temporary as it was. But we don't want to buy a car because they were so expensive. And then the taxes that you pay on them are so expensive. One, it's really hard to drive a car with all the bikes. And two, it was, um, you don't have a driveway. So you're constantly street parking. And three, I am not good with a stick shift. So I, I who had to take the kids everywhere, would never, hardly ever use a car. Brady rented a car like a handful of times. The rest of it was just biking, including all of our groceries um, and trains. So, got mm -hmm. around. Yeah. They seem to have a better um, transportation system, though, between the bikes and the trains and all that. Probably, yeah. I don't know, it seemed to be easier to get around without a car there than it is like. Yeah, way here. easier. Way like, easier. Walking yeah. or biking. Like, way easier i couldn't do that here in virginia like there's there's we're on base right now and so we can walk down to the commissary mcdonald's gas station type of thing you know and that still is two miles round trip for a walk or a bike ride for that um which isn't a big deal but if i were to try and get off base and walk or ride somewhere yeah. like there's nothing but freeway near me so how do i exactly you know exactly so it's it's just not not as possible, which is kind of sad because when the days are nice, it's nice to be able to just go out for a walk or a ride and, and get somewhere, but it doesn't work that way. Sadly. It is really nice. And I'm, you know, I'm glad that we did that because all, it used to be like drive everywhere, drive everywhere, drive everywhere. But now it's, we live pretty close to like Safeway and a dollar store. And there are some stores, you know, I mean, there's McDonald's. I mean, the kids can't walk to McDonald's because right now you have to be, go through the drive-through. So, but <laughs> <laughs> tell them just walk through the drive-through. But because we walked, just walk through the because we walked and rode a lot <laughs> in crazy weather, it didn't matter. Um, now it's like, oh, if we're within this area, we are walking. You can walk. So like my daughter, I took her, we walked across town. Um, her friend lives on the south side. We're just, she's southwest. We are southeast side of town. And it was like 
30 minutes to get Evelyn halfway to her friend's house. And then it probably took them 20 minutes to walk on from there. So it's like an hour walk, but it's, it doesn't phase them as much because like, no, we can walk. Let's, let's save some gas. Let's walk when we can. There's no reason to drive all the time. Get that I'm sorry. And get that exercise. Okay. Like, I mean, with COVID, like, I feel like for us, we're just home all day, all day. And like, they're not getting out and um, there's not a lot of kids to play with here and, or at least kids their ages. And so they're just, they're inside a lot. <laughs> so yep. if, you know, there's a way to get them out, then might as well do it. Well, and so but once we kind of started, I, uh, in 2020, um, I think it was around COVID when COVID started. They call it Corona. They call it the Corona crisis, and I like that much better than COVID. <laughs> Cute, <laughs> the Corona crisis. <laughs> um, we were buying like a second fridge for our house because you know their kitchen was tiny, so we kept a second fridge out in the garage, and we were kind of like, oh, we had bought a barbecue, we were kind of getting settled, and then, you know, COVID hits, and uh, the Dutch had a very mild quarantine, very mild, in comparison to the rest of the world. So they weren't like Sweden, was it Sweden, where there was like nothing, but were not yeah. mandatory. They did pull the kids out of school for like six weeks, but they were some of the first people to have everybody start. Kids start playing sports again. Um, kids could always play. They just suggested that they played outside. Um, adults were supposed to work from home. But for the most part, I mean, we still went places and we still did things. We went, uh, we went to the science center I mean, you didn't have to wear a mask. It was just lower capacity. We would go to the beach. We'd, because um, we were like a 20 minute bike ride from the beach. You know, you just almost basically went on doing the same normal things. Except if you could work from home, you worked from home. So it was, we got to enjoy the summer there this last summer. And then towards the end of the summer, um, Brady's company was like, um, there's so his meetings had started taking place online and with all the people in Europe. And then there was a reorganization within the company and there was some debate and it was just like, he came to me one day or well, he mentioned something to the kids and was like, what would you think if we moved back home now? And this was like, you got to understand, we had just hit the year mark of being over there. And then the kids said yeah. something to me. And I was like, huh? Like, what? What? Um, okay. You know, like, I'm, I'm not going to sit here and argue with the kids. Like, right? Like, um, okay, that'd be great, I guess. And then literally, it was like, I think we have to go back. And I was kind of like, um... Uh, Okay, because I had told myself like we're gonna we're gonna beef up in the fall, get into the language more, you know, do more Dutchy things, and yeah, all of a sudden, I mean, it was we're going home. This was like what mid July. You had just gone to you, you had taken a trip, yeah, right? So Europe had yeah. opened up, and within the EU, you could travel. And we were in Berlin when the kids were like. 
hey, dad said something about maybe moving home. And I was just kind of like, yeah, whatever, you know, <laughs> whatever. I'm in Berlin. Okay. Like, <laughs> we're in Berlin. We're we're here. We're doing this right now because the thing is, is that they opened Europe for like four weeks, and you have to understand that like we had we we've just sat in the Netherlands, which is fine for the longest period of time, and so as we could go, we went to yeah. Berlin and Prague. Um, and so on this trip, they were like, hey. And then I really started talking to Brady and Brady's like, yeah, I think I might have to go back. And I was like, oh, there was like no excitement. There was honestly no anger. It was just a, oh, okay. Like, this is what we're doing. This is real. Okay. Like, because I literally just sold everything I owned because I was told I was going to be Mm -hmm. gone for a long time. I just went through a huge difficult adjustment for me and it's over like what what was the point it was like it was almost yeah. as if like okay you have gone through this now it is time to go back like what so yeah it was very unexpected and very was, soon and wasn't your like lifestyle a little bit harder being there right like you didn't have a dryer <laughs> you didn't have the car you were going to the grocery store like every, every other, other day. day sometimes yeah every day. there was like yeah <laughs> teeny tiny kitchen and granted if you live there forever you would remodel your kitchen but this kitchen sink was i kid you not no bigger than my bathroom sink and it was constant dishes you couldn't really have help in the kitchen because you're standing at the sink you turn around behind you right away is the oven and then right next to the sink is a stovetop and a teeny tiny fridge it's a rental i mean no dutch person would live in this long term so um so yeah that was that was definitely a lot harder but it was crazy because it was like we were i was like starting to get used to it and then it's like okay we're gonna go back and this was the beginning of august is when it was solidified and by within mm, Brady had to take a trip back to the U.S. And he could come in and out because Americans, there was a there's a block on Americans coming in unless you had a Dutch citizenship card, which we did. <clears throat> and um, right. from that trip was at the end of August, I think solidifying things and whatnot. And within three weeks of him returning from that trip, he left. He came back permanently to the United States. He left in September. The kids and I, however, I see you got houses during that, like between him going there, coming back, and leaving again. You guys bought we bought a house, a yeah, house, right? Yeah. <laughs> Sight unseen, but you sight unseen, and you had done that before he went home. Like you had said, yes, we're going to buy this house, and so you were like under contract essentially when before he even got to see. Yeah, it. that's right. That is right. We were under contract before yeah. we could see it. However, compared to someone else who is buying a house sight unseen, like in somewhere crazy or somewhere new, like, because you've done that before, um, mm-hmm. we were very familiar with the area. So we at least knew the neighborhoods and we just used our. Which is really nice, right? So you weren't, you were like, oh, okay, this is over there by the Safeway. I know that neighborhood. That's a decent looking neighborhood. Or it's over there by East City Park or whatever. So you could kind of like 
figure out what's around you, what's near you, what what you're yeah. getting into. Yeah, and so, so in that way, it was just there were some hiccups with it, but um, we had kept in contact with our realtor and who sold our house the previous year, right? Because this is like less than eighteen months. We are yep. now buying a house again. Um in order to move home and so um brady came home mid-september signed on the house moved in the kids and i had to stay though because they're in school at this point my middle schooler or my middle child is now in middle school they have online classes they have tests and midterms and things and i'm like i can't leave in the middle of their of their school week like i need to wait until semester break and over there you have to give a full month's notice plus however long um you are off as far as full month's notice so they need 30 days of a full month notice so i can't no 60 days so like 60 days or something right it was something weird. It was I like remember. twice as long. These are the little nuances that when you move to a different country, you're like, oh, okay. I would just say, okay, 30 days. We left October 10th. I tell you September 10th. That's 30 days. No, it had to have been September 1st for the full 30 days. And then they'll prorate you that 10 extra days. They need a full calendar month. Yeah. So it was like, it was weird. And, um, <laughs> Once again, those expat groups are great because they help you learn some of those things if you use them rightly or correctly. So, um, yeah, we, the kids and I sat there for three weeks, packed up on our own, checked out of the Netherlands, went down to the city, sent our stuff to immigration. We got a checkout letter because since Brady was already back here, um, his employer had informed the Netherlands that he is no longer there and we needed to be out within 30 days. So I got that letter right before we left. So, I mean, it was, it was a lot easier leaving one because I'm coming back to the U S and I know how Mm -hmm. things work here. And two, because apparently just deregistering from everything is way easier than signing up for everything. I mean, I don't know if anyone else feels that way, but that seemed to be what it was. So, yeah, and we came here to, Brady did get some, he bought two cars because we were on a time crunch in the snow. We're in the snow now. We're noticing, oh, that they weren't the best choices, but, you know, when you're on a time crunch, he needed <laughs> a car. Were. He, we were home in three weeks after he left. He was still working. He still went through jet lag. He had to deal with the new house. He had to deal with, okay, everybody needs a bed. Everybody needs, I mean, thank goodness for Amazon, but everybody needs a bed. We didn't have a kitchen table for a little bit when we got here. We had no couches. So it's been a really slow rebuild. Things here are more expensive. And so it's been like, okay, save so you can, you know, buy something or buy the couch. Buy a couch. Yeah. He did find a really good use set on Craigslist. So someone out there was amazing. And we thought we were like, oh, this is really this this was worth it but the rest of the stuff it's like oh i just have to buy it brand new and then it's expensive and whatever else but but yeah so it's we have been home yeah. for four months and we're still finding certain things like yesterday my children got their braces taken off 
we started braces in the Netherlands. <laughs> the U.S. doctors were like, this will never do. Like they placed them wrong. The kids can't <clears throat> brush as well because they were so far down on their gum line. They were just like, we're, they were originally going to work with them. But now they're like, no, they, they took both sets off and were like, take a month. You can brush freely and whatever else. And then we'll put the better ones back on in the correct spot for the right size of your teeth. Uh, when you come back in a month. So we're still dealing with certain things that are ramifications from here up. So um, that's, uh, but I think we're about done. Took a while to get bank accounts closed and things like that. But yeah, so. It's like a whole process. Like moving in general is a whole process, right? Even like state to state or within yeah. state or, you know, um like changing your mail over like you have to make sure you get all yep. of the little accounts of different things like you know but like a a across the world move it's just more intense i mean i've done it several times but i always have the military to like help us i haven't done it the way you've done it so i mean there's a lot of other things you have to take into consideration when when you are moving without yeah without, without yeah military, without help because so. it was really and and kudos to Brady's company. I mean, they um, they supported us the whole time. It's just they don't have like a logistics department to move people. So that fell largely on us trying right. to figure it out, trying to navigate all this. And it was a lot more work, I think, than anybody probably really imagines. And even coming home, we did have to make a couple calls to the Netherlands. Right. And it's like, you're up at you know, three or four in the morning making those phone calls so that they have time to process whatever it is they need to process. Because when I wake up, it's end of day there. So, and that, yeah, that was kind of crazy. Yeah. So, but, um, the kids did really well. I will say it's kudos to them. They did really well. They got rid of their, they got rid of their things here. They said goodbye to their friends. They moved there. They started making friends. They started accumulating things they, that they enjoyed. And then they did it all again, all within 18 months. And really, there was very minimal complaining. There was more complaining about the long flight home than there was actually getting rid of their things. And we were able to time it mid-semester where they had a week off. Um, so they literally did not miss a week a day of school because like I said, Brady had the internet set up. Everything was set up um, for school before we got home. So they were like troopers and we kind of spoiled them this year for past year for Christmas because I mean, once again, they are rebuilding and it was, yeah. they just were troopers. So I bet they felt really good coming home to all of their friends Did. that were still there. Like it's all of them. I mean, they they've all pretty much been raised yeah. in your small town, so your whole life was there when they left, and it was basically there for them to pick back up. When yeah, they because home, we weren't gone that really long, nice. and coincidentally, um, they have friends that have international ties to family, and so they each had one friend from the U.S. that they kept in really good contact with. So it was like as if they hadn't been apart, right? So they were excited to see each other, but they worked Skype well. They worked the time zones well. Well, I don't know if they worked the time zones well. I'm pretty sure that their friends here <laughs> were up until like three in the morning sometimes. And it's funny because Eleni, my middle, so has a really good friend. She's actually American. 
she's an expat. She's over in Harlem. And I'm pretty sure she's been up until three or four in the morning a couple times talking to Elena here. So I'm sure my kids have done it too, but I just look the other way. So <laughs> I mean, sometimes right? it's okay, I know. right? Can you feel bad when you pull them out of their environments? So yes, yes, you do. My kids have had plenty yeah. of that. So yeah. Well, thanks for sharing. That right. Yeah. Thanks. Story. It's 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 good to be back, but you know you miss parts of it. I think the thing is that, and you probably feel the same way about Oki, mm-hmm. is that. I don't know that I really like one place better than the other. There are differences. America is so much more convenient, but it is so ugly (laughs) in comparison to even just like the architecture and their history Mm -hmm. and just the ease of being able to go a couple hours and Mm -hmm. be somewhere different. Here is just kind of like, meh, but it's so much easier convenience wise. Yeah. Yep. I, I, I'm very much American, right? I love being here in the U.S. because of the conveniences, because I can yep. I can drive anywhere, right? I can visit all the national parks and see the beauty that way. But I've always said, like, my heart is in Oki. That's where three of my four kids were born. That's where we had some of our greatest experiences, some of um, really good friends of mine I met there, and I'm you know still in touch with them today. Cool. Um, and because the Marine Corps is small, like, I run in circles with these same people. And so every time we get restationed, I find a friend again that I knew from Okinawa. So I always say my heart belongs in Oki and, and I'd like to go back um, to visit. I don't know that I want to live out of <laughs> out of country again um, because of the conveniences, but I'm definitely like, oh, I could go visit that place again for a couple of weeks. Yeah, a couple of I weeks, think so. I could do a yeah. um, outlet like live the extent of your passport right so it's like certain countries you can be there for 120 days certain countries you can be there for 90 days i don't ever want to like register deal with taxes deal with i mean because we are literally fine we have to file again this year us and dutch taxes so it's like i don't want to i don't want to do any of this i don't want to deal with your health care i don't want to deal with this but it's like if i can just get my little health care insurance that I need to travel abroad, I would be happy to live out the honeymoon phase of of eat of different places. Yeah. But permanently, I don't know that I would leave permanently, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, I am with you. We, um, my husband is going to be a teacher and we've talked about being yeah. um, Dodea teachers because then you can get stationed overseas. And I'm like, but I don't want to do that until all of my kids are gone or raised yes. because I don't want to pack them up. I don't want to, you know, that sort of thing. But maybe in 10, 12 years yep. when they are raised, they're in college, they're living their own life. Maybe we'll go to Italy for three yes. years and teach for three years and come back. And that way yep. experience more things, right? So I don't, I don't necessarily want to be gone forever. I want to, I want to. No, and it's especially hard during these like teenage years that, um, for them to do that and move like my kids were just like middle school age so I don't feel like they I don't feel like I pulled them from a ton here you know they're still trying to figure out who they are and whatever else but uh, there's a huge it's not an issue but I know it's really hard on kids it's it's hard on trailing spouses like the ones that move for work but they're not working there Um, there's a lot that goes into a huge international move so like you said I would I wouldn't consider it unless my kids were gone as well. 
Be sure to tune in next week for episode 12, that one time when I thought I understood homeowner's insurance. We hope you're enjoying this one time win. Our goal is to share laughs, cries, and life's lessons while connecting with women around the world. Do you have a story for this one time win? We would love to feature you and your story on the show. Please find our contact information in the show notes. If you like the show, please share it with others who might also enjoy it or share it with others via a review on iTunes or wherever podcasts are reviewed. We hope to hear from you soon. Enjoy your day.